Hello everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello everyone, welcome back. Happy Monday, happy fresh new week. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode of Meet the Mums. That was a good one. That was a good one. But anyway, Evs, how's your week been? I've had a really good week, actually. I went to Sheepgate under 25s with Terry and Sirocco. Yep, she stole my horse because I am not under 25 anymore, <laughs> so I cannot do these shows. I'm, I mean, there should be like a under 30s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe one yeah. day. Yeah. But no, so I took Sirocco for a joyride as well. And I mean, the show literally, when I say it couldn't have gone better, it just really couldn't have gone any better. I mean, we won every class. So won the Advanced Medium Championship on the first day, won both PSGs, and it was sort of Terry and I's first, like, PSG debut, as in, like, our first ever affiliated PSG, and came second on Sirocco to Terry. Nice. And also even just achieving the goal that I wanted to as well of breaking that 70% barrier at PSG. We achieved that as well. So literally every like little goal that I set before going, we achieved, which was just like You unreal. were just tick, 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 done, dusted, let's get home. It was just crazy. Yeah. I mean, it won't happen again. The thing is, you keep saying that, but it will happen I know, again. but it has to be a drop. At some yeah, point. it'll probably be in like four years. But me and Terry, like, that's us done for the season now because obviously we missed the regionals. Like, we're not going to the nationals. Yeah. That's all subject. <laughs> that just that was our last show. So actually, to finish on such a high has been quite nice. And yeah, I'm looking forward to kickstarting winter training. But no, that was really good. But interestingly, on the flip side of that, I've been getting lots of like lovely messages of people being like, oh my God, like, you know, you're killing it at the moment. Like, this is incredible. Because obviously, like, posting my results on socials and everything. But like, physically, I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, the worst I've felt in like a long time. And I mean, obviously, it's from COVID. I'm still not 100% over it. But I'm just sort of aware that like, on my social media, I think, because I've had the competition success and because I've posted about it, it's quite easy to almost think oh my god like her life is just like rosy and yeah like perfect. god what an amazing summer she's having but actually like literally the day before she gay i was in the middle of the arena literally crying <laughs> because i <Mood>. felt <laughs> i felt so rubbish physically yeah. and i couldn't even put my finger on it i just didn't feel right like super weak super tired trying really hard to ride well but like what my brain was telling my body to do it just wasn't corresponding and then getting frustrated from that so i think yeah, like lots of people looking in from the outside wouldn't necessarily know that. And then even at Sheepgate, I mean, I was literally dosed up to the eyeballs on paracetamol and Lucozade just to like get through it. And even after the first advanced medium championship, which we won, which was absolutely amazing, I actually went out of the test and said to Diane, God, I don't know if I'm going to get through the PSG today. Yeah. Because I literally was like huffing and puffing and you know what. So yeah, it's been amazing, but also like physically, I'm still not 100%. But hopefully, I mean, day by day, yeah it's got to get better isn't it you had a week off as well so that yeah makes, hopefully i mean it was like cover a bit it was bed by 10 like every night. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you need that don't i you? know 100 percent. yeah because i was sort of like oh 
it would be it would have been nice to like go out out with some friends and stuff but just wasn't up to it so yeah it was it was a bed bed by 10 holiday <laughs> which that is sounds like, ideal. a lovely holiday yeah yeah lovely yeah really nice but what about you anyway uh same old same old really still just um struggling with the old back yeah, physically the team's not on form at the moment. No, We've all got no. like our own little physical problems going on. No, you know, if we were horses, it would Ooh. be... <laughs> the vet bills. I would have been retired from sport years ago. No, you'd be having your back x-rayed, potentially For medicated. For like the second time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. I yeah. don't know what I'd be having done. I'd be having time off, I think. Yeah, you wouldn't be a good broodmare either. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different topic for another day. But yeah, no, just struggling with my back, just still preparing for nationals. I'm kind of like working myself up for them they're still are you excited for nationals or yeah i'm trying not to think about them too much in the i think that if i think about them i might worry myself because i haven't done a big competition like that in like three four years Mm. so obviously i have done in the past but it's like getting back into the swing of it again isn't it yeah and i think whatever level you've competed at the past it's still like the first one back's quite intense it's like the first show of the year that you do isn't it it's like you get really nervous about it i feel like it's almost worse coming back into it because i've got that expectations of oh i have done this in the past and i have done you know whatever i've achieved i've done that in the past and now it's kind of like oh i'm chasing to do the same again and because in the past when i was younger with apollo i did well it's now like oh will i do as well yeah type thing so it's hard but you know i'm just trying to like control my controllables be realistic with my goals with simba and just enjoy it really i would just reframe it and be like oh because i haven't because i'm out of practice and go in basically expecting nothing that's sort of what I do. Yeah. I think always just set the bar super low. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll always be happy. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting I'm going to the Nationals as well. I know. I'm like, I'm done for the year. And I'm like, oh, actually, no. <laughs> You've got the Nationals to do, too. On Louis. Yeah, it's just going to yeah. be a jolly, though, isn't it? It's going to, you know, go shopping and... Just be fun. Rally round. Yeah. <laughs> I took um, Simba and Louis out hacking today. Oh. And... Um, <laughs> You're preparing... <laughs> for... <laughs> preparing Louis for <laughs> As well, thank you. Yeah, it's all right. I've got you covered. <laughs> okay moving on to dilemmas evie take us away i'm quite new to the podcast and i'm still catching up so sorry if you no longer do the dilemmas we do do we're doing it right now we do do <laughs> the dilemmas <laughs> but i was wondering if you had any advice I do not own a horse, but used to go to a riding school. I want to do dressage, but feel stuck as I can't progress much further on riding school horses. I went to Talland a few times, but it's three hours away from me and quite expensive. I'm based in North Devon and finding my options limited to non-existent. Okay, so let's set the scene. So they want to ride, they want to do dressage, they want to compete in dressage. They can't afford their own horse. How old do you reckon they are? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of background context that we need for this one. Yeah. But I can see the issue. Yeah. That's a tough one because you've got the design, you've got the passion, but you don't have the facilities to make it come to life. Yeah. And also even just saying, oh, just like up sticks and locate somewhere or like base yourself a place with accommodation on a dressage yard it's still lots of dressage yards will only take riders of a certain level for instance yeah and like riding riding school horses versus elite dressage horses is very different yeah so that's tricky but then it's like well how how else are you meant to gain experience then 
I would say you've got to start at the bottom of the pecking order. So you need to go to a yard and potentially work there. You know, if you're of an age where you can work there, either freelance or be employed so that you have a better understanding of horse care and the work involved with horses, because just turning up to a riding school and riding a riding school horse is not the same as working with horses 24-7. Yeah, and I think watching people within the dressage industry as well, you'd learn so much just from how they ride, for instance, like, for instance, stretching in horses calling horses down something that might not happen in a riding school yeah yeah but even before that you would need you I don't want to say a basic yard but that's the type of yard you need to go to because being blunt you're not going to find employers or any yard in particular willing to take you on if your only experience is from riding riding school horses yeah they're not going to take you it's hard, isn't it? I mean, it is hard. She said about going to Talon, but that it was three hours away. Okay, so my advice would be go and get a job at a <laughs> basic yard. <Full> stop. <laughs> go and get a job, full stop. Go and get a yard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> buy a yard. Um, <laughs> win the lottery. Yeah. Uh, no, okay, so either go and... Even if what you're doing is like, let's say, what Evie did when she came to our yard. If there is a local dressage ride or a yard near to you that you think I could learn something there offer yourself up wrong phrase of word (laughs) (laughs) just message them and say you know I want to learn more about the industry could I come and work for you for a couple hours in return for learning horse care or something because you have got to start at the bottom of the pecking order and you've got to work your way up because then a year down the line you might have a huge amount more knowledge than you had to begin with and then you could go okay I'm going to take this knowledge and I'm going to apply for a job at a dressage yard or put myself out as freelance that I can ride different horses and then from there you can get recommendations, that type of thing. Going back to when I first started here, though, what would you guys do if I literally couldn't ride very well? Not saying that the person who's doing this dilemma can't ride, but obviously when I came here, I rode pretty well, like in that not necessarily in dressage terms of knowing what a half pass was, but in terms of like a seat and all of that, because I used to event. Yeah. But what would you guys do if you had someone that really was like just doing their up downs, for instance? It would not be saying harder. that the dilemma person is this, but we don't know her ability. Yeah. Because the ability is really important to know, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So in terms of that, as a professional dressage yard, you know, we wouldn't look down on them and we wouldn't be like, oh, no, you're not allowed here. But a safety point of view, we wouldn't be able to put you on our horses. That's the thing. a a riding school horse is a completely different type of horse to a sport horse, a dressage horse. It's just, it would be like you learn to drive in a Fiat 500 and then you're like, right, yep, fine, I can go and drive this Ferrari down the motorway. This is what's particularly difficult about this dilemma isn't it because it's almost like there needs to be a middle step from a riding school to a dressage yard because on a any professional dressage yard the horses are often even if they're not particularly nice dressage horses they're still well bred and like sharp and they're yeah. so wildly different from riding school horses so i really don't know what i mean the only real like dressage riding school is talent yeah and well, you know thing, she's she's already been there she's she's done that she ain't doing it yeah <laughs> I mean, there's a few others. I would say riding schools for adults of a, like, 
dressage nature are very few and far between we used to have one but to have a riding school license which you need to have in order to teach people on your own horses and they be paying you for that lesson is a huge amount of money to get that license which is why we don't do it i think there is one in devon actually i wouldn't know i think it just goes to show how privileged we are in that i mean you're like third generation horse lady but with my parents for instance they're not necessarily knowledgeable and really horsey but they love horses so they're willing to sort of invest in that for me but it just goes to show I think how many barriers there are actually to accessing the sport yeah there are a huge amount but I mean there are still real top riders in British dressage at the moment that started at riding school yeah oh well I started at riding school yeah, That's I mean, you could ask them. I think they would say the same thing, is that they went, OK, can I muck out 12 stables at this yeah. local yard in return for a riding lesson? Yeah. And I think that is basically the only way you can do it because people aren't going to pay you to no. ride their horses. You're going to struggle to find someone that you can pay to ride their horse. Yeah, that's true. I think definitely a shout is sort of finding a yard that you can just sort of do the manual work and be in this sort of environment. Yeah, yeah I think it's more just about putting yourself in the environment you want to end up. Up being in because you do learn so much from that as well I mean I learned to ride at riding school but I was very lucky that there was a professional dressage rider there and I think I learned a lot purely visually from yeah. watching even how a horse what shape it should be in so yeah I think that's definitely a very good experience to gain and it will help you in the future I think also as well I don't know your relationship with your riding instructor but maybe speak to them and ask them you know, speak truthfully, What, where would you put me ability-wise and say what your goals are. I want to get into the dressage sort of world. What would your advice be? And they might be able to signpost you as well. And also they might teach you differently according to your horse because I remember actually, I mean, I was like seven, but my instructor noticed that I was trying to get my pony on the bridle purely because I was watching the professional dressage rider I just mentioned riding his horses around and they were on the bridle and I thought, I want my pony to look like that. <laughs> Bear in mind, it was like a Grand Prix horse at the time and I had a 12-2 pony and I was like, I want to look like that. And so I was just trying to get my pony on the bridle, you know, and I was just yeah. using my hands being like, why isn't he going on the bridle? Yeah. And why then, is this not working? Yeah, why is he not doing passage? I don't understand. <laughs> I want him to do it, yeah. and he's not doing it. But anyway, then my instructor actually, even though I did group lessons, started almost teaching me differently aside from the others and setting me my own little tasks and coming up to me individually and giving me tips and everything because she could see that I wanted to do more. So that might be an option as well, actually just communicating with your instructor and she also might put you on different horses. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Because riding schools are like invaluable, I think, in terms of you there's, you have so much access to different horses, which I think a lot of people don't have. And I think in terms of your seat and your ability and your feel, that is like second to none. Yeah. OK, so bullet pointing our advice. Riding schools are good. It's great that that's your foundation. Yeah. Go Bye out Go out there and see if you can get any kind of work experience on any type of yard that you think will help you gain knowledge and experience and start snowballing yourself from there. Even write it all down. Be like, okay, this is a ladder. At the top is where, like, my dreams, what I want to be doing. At the bottom is where I am now. Do it small step by step and write it all out and be like, right, okay, this is my plan. This is how we're going to proceed and do it. Liaise with your instructor. Yep. See if they have any advice that they can give. Also, I've just realised something else I would do as well is speaking of how lots of dressage riders currently came from riding schools, maybe contact them. Yeah. 
that's what I would do. I mean, I think, is it Jez Palmer? Sadie Smith. Danny Morgan. I remember reading an article um, about Danny Morgan, actually, where he talks about how he started riding at riding schools and that his parents weren't horsey and all the rest of it. So maybe do some research online and, and maybe just contact them and see if they... Yeah, but good luck with it. Yeah, and, like, go for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sort of like... We're rooting for you. Yeah, don't be worried about it. Just, like, use all the resources you can and be shameless about it and just, like go full throttle yeah and see where you end up and like every day you will improve even if it's not like a noticeable improvement if you just stay consistent and passionate you know in a few months even you'll look back and think oh my god i've already come such a long way so just yeah keep at it i would say love it <laughs> <laughs> moving on to top all things who do you think is going to win at the Dressage Europeans next week? It's a tough one, isn't it? You don't know who's in it. Charlotte. <laughs> Who's she riding? Yeah, but the big one, Pete. Yeah. Pete. <laughs> I can never pronounce his show name. I'm in tap. Is that how you pronounce I it? I was Imhoptep. And everyone says it differently. Charlotte, if you're listening, just like leave me a voice. <laughs> Could you or Charlie. Charlie, oh, yeah. let us know how you say yeah, it. Yeah, she'll know. But. I saw a really interesting um, Instagram post of the analysis of Charlotte's Grand Prix on I'm in Tap, or however you pronounce that, <laughs> versus Jessica's Grand Prix. Oh, and like right. it did like a oh, like diagram a oh, yeah, yeah. of their average of scoring and it was something like Jessica's like passage got like higher marks but like Charlotte's canter work got higher marks but actually it was really close in that Charlotte was making huge progress. I would say Charlotte is fantastic at everything. <laughs> She's like uh, the queen of precision as well. Every movement. There isn't a single movement where she dips. And I think she's like the only dressage rider that is like that. Other dressage riders have things that they are good at, like certain movements. Like I would say Jessica's PF and Passage is exceptional. That's the shame as um Catherine Defer actually. Her PF's often like pretty on the money. Yeah. But their canter work is, is so below par compared to Charlotte's. Yeah. It's crazy. So where Charlotte doesn't get the marks for like the Piaf and Passage that they do, she will beat them because she can get the marks for the whole thing, which I think is how it should be. It shouldn't be that you're amazing at one thing, so you win. Also, I think she de genuinely will go away and just think, right, this is what I improve. And she gets the results. In yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Also, Lottie. Oh, with Glamadale, yes. can't count them out. I think it will be a battle between Lottie and Jessica. I think Charlotte's there, but Charlotte's still on the rise. She's waiting for Paris to peak. Yeah, and I think as well, her horse is incredibly young. Yeah. Relative to the others. I mean, the test will be like phenomenal and super precise and super correct. But I think a lot of it is like where she won't get as high marks is not because it's not good enough. It's just that's where it is at, at that point. Yeah. But I think there will always be so much more to come. Yeah, with you on that one. Not that I know what I'm talking <laughs> I know. The thing is, I'm the thing with dressage <laughs> is that because it's a judged sport, it's open for everyone to judge it and to be judgmental about it. And it's so easy to read it negatively. But I think yeah. the thing is, is you just have to be like, okay, these people are absolutely amazing. We're never going to be able to ride like them and compete like they do and have the horsepower that they do. But we can still see where it's not right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we're saying, oh, they're not doing it right. It's just a, oh, God, that's where they're losing the marks. Or I don't know. It's such a hard one to explain, isn't it? Yeah. And I think you're right as well. Like, I agree with you 
with regards to Charlotte and that she's just super precise and consistent. You just watch every single sequence in the test and you're just like, um, <laughs> that's like pretty perfect, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like her canter zigzag is absolutely phenomenal. And the thing is, when you understand dressage, it is so amazing to watch because every rider has different abilities that and things that they're good at. For instance, you watch Carl and I, I wouldn't say he has the power that let's say Charlotte has but it's so smooth and calm and relaxed same as Gareth mm. Gareth Hughes they're so just beautiful Harmonious, to watch it's like yeah. watching ballet and then Charlotte comes out and it's like watching I don't know the Argentine tango yeah. they're both absolutely amazing but, but it's different. like which one do you want do you want the power or do you want the also calm? we've come from this like, very like dressage centric viewpoint but we are dressage riders so we kind of have to be yeah but <laughs> some of our listeners might be in interested in the show jumping which is happening this weekend so i've been told (laughs) so everything's been told by me all the eventing that's already happened i cannot wait for paris next year when i know all of the events aren't going to be on the same time but they're going to be at the same venue at similar times i can't believe it's the olympics next year i keep forgetting that I couldn't get hold of tickets. Oh, I really so wish I was so. going, actually. I know. I have this every time there's an Olympic... I mean, Tokyo is a bit different because I was far. <laughs> but like, and like a pandemic and stuff going on. But like Paris, that's doable. If any of our listeners have brought tickets and have spare ones, please let us go. It's so doable because it's just like hopping on the Eurostar, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like a hopper skip and a jump. Like, people genuinely swim there. I genuinely thought maybe I should pop in during the Olympics not because I've got tickets just to be in the atmosphere but then I yeah. thought it would probably actually be complete chaos oh it'll be absolutely jammed but the Europeans next week is going to be popping what the show jumping <laughs> all of them yeah I would to be fair I find show jumping a bit more interesting to watch that's terrible to say the thing is it's easy to watch it's spectator friendly and you can tell instantly who's won or lost actually and also in saying that I do prefer watching the dressage but I think I equally enjoy watching show jumping and eventing because it's not what I do day in day out so it's sort of like novel watching yeah. it and it's like oh like I don't know much about it so I'm sort of like interested do you know what I mean yeah I'm like cool they're big fences I once had an eventer turn to me and go why do you watch badminton you don't even jump you're a dressage rider I was like, well, I watch Wimbledon every year and I've never picked up a tennis racket. So Yeah, that's so stupid. You, It's not just, you can only watch this if you do it. Anyone can watch it. Also, you're welcome, like for the spectators, uh, yeah. which literally funds your sport, yeah. you little ignorant. But anyway, you can watch what you want. <laughs> Enjoy who you want. Oh, dear. <laughs> Alrighty then, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame. We need your help. If anyone would like us to interview a particular person, then please do let us know. I mean, we do have like a guest list that we are following and we are going to get more guests on as well. Yeah, if you think, I want to know what that person's question ick is, then let us know. And if you say things like Charlotte Dujardin, read the room. <laughs> okay, the chance of us trying to get her on. Yeah, yeah, don't tell us to get Carl Hedden on or someone from <gasps> oh, Australia. Oh, imagine? Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> He'd be such fun. People that are accessible to Evie and I, bearing in mind that we are professional dressage riders, we do this just for fun. On the side. On the side. So bear that in mind. And while you're at it, leave us a review and like oh and share. Yeah. okay but anyway thank you guys so much for listening to this episode that's lame we hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time love you bye, bye.